Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hayes' Higher Learning. My name is Ashley Hayes, and this week, we're going to talk about the process of reparenting ourselves. I read somewhere that we should approach reparenting ourselves like we would a six-year-old. And so for me, that meant getting more sleep, playing, experimenting, learning about my body, learning how I love, and really giving myself attention and care. And from what I've heard, if you have a six-year-old, your social life goes to hell. And so Bell Hooks writes that attention is a resource. And I learned that if I'm giving myself the attention that I needed as a child, it's very difficult to give attention to someone else in the same capacity, especially if they haven't done their own reparenting work. So this episode is about my reparenting process and getting some tools that we can use to heal our inner children and really show up as empowered adults. Before we get into this, I want to give you a content warning. This podcast may deal with difficult subjects, including child abuse. If you need to stop listening at any point, please do. I encourage you, if you have the resources, to seek help by a licensed professional. Therapy for Black Girls has a great guide for therapists, and other resources will also be made available at www.ashleyhayes.com slash higher learning. The sources and texts for this episode are The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown, Calling in the One by Katherine Woodward Thomas, and The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel Vanderkoek. There are many people who have had their vulnerability violated as children, either by emotional or physical abuse. And I want to start by saying that it is not your fault if your vulnerability was violated. You are not responsible. And as an adult, you have the opportunity to restore your own sense of safety. And I think we do this by keeping ourselves out of harm's way and learning to trust ourselves. And so the following is a list of ways that I think we can restore that safety and really lean into being empowered adults. Number one, don't overcorrect. A lot of times when folks don't get certain things, um, they make up for it or overcompensate. And so a lot of times people who didn't get a lot of material things growing up splurge or give themselves extravagant gifts. Um, there are some people who grew up in single family homes who have convinced themselves that two parent homes are the right thing to have. And so they try to force that even when there isn't love in the relationship. And so I think it's important in this work to be mindful and to find balance and that we are sure that we don't overcorrect. Um, number two is prioritize yourself. This can be exceptionally difficult for those of us who are the oldest children because what we have learned is how to be caregivers to our younger siblings, typically. And my partner Pam reminds me that love is infinite, but resources are not. And you have the first right to your resources resources and your love. And it is not only okay, I think it is imperative that we learn to prioritize ourselves. Number three is give yourself a chance to experience consequences, both good and bad. I mentioned in All About Love that I, I'm anti-whooping. And I think um, in the book of Forgiveness, Desmond Tutu writes that whooping is an act of retaliation when someone does something we don't like. It isn't a consequence. It's a threat often used as a barrier to consequences. And so really what he's saying is that... Um, Whooping is used to manage the emotions of the parent, not to actually correct the child. And so ultimately, parents feel 
fear the emotions they will feel as a result of their child experiencing consequences. So for example, if you reach for a hot stove, the consequence for you is a burn. But the parent may be trying to avoid feeling sad that you burned your hand or feeling bad about you burning your hand or feeling guilty. And so I think we are better off to explain consequences to children and make room for questions and really seek understanding. And I also know countless women who would rather choose an unbalanced relationship with a man rather than watch him experience consequences, especially if that consequence affects our access to them. And that's a big tea sip right there. And we'll come back to it in future episodes. But I do want to offer that a violent justice system is not a reasonable consequence. And so this work ultimately will lead us to work on restorative justice justice work. Um, But I think that there is something in between like the whooping and the constant child abuse we experience and these very violent jail systems. And to be quite frank, y'all, they work together, but we'll get into that at a later date. Number four, find your tribe. I have about four people that I would call my best friends and my sister who has been my friend since fifth grade. And these are the people whose opinion of me matter. I was lucky enough to find them early in life, and all of those relationships have lasted over 10 years. We come from different walks of life, but at some point, um, I think we all went to the same school. And school is a very common way of tribe building. As an adult, I've also found new tribes, including poets, musicians, feminists, actors, and smokers. My mom is often uncomfortable in these spaces I have found belonging in and disapproves of them and my lifestyle choices. But I prioritize my approval over hers. And that has been really difficult for me to master. And Brene Brown says that you should write the names of the people whose opinion of you matter, and it should only fit on a one-by-one-inch piece of paper. So it should be a short list, and those are the people whose opinion matter. Number five, realize that you don't owe your parents. You can show them love, but not the expense of loving yourself. Many of us, especially Black folks with um, economic backgrounds of poverty, have experienced what's called parentification. And parentification is defined as the process of role reversal, whereby a child is obliged to act as a parent to their own parent or sibling. And in extreme cases, the child is used to fill the void of the alienating parent's emotional life. And any of y'all who've experienced that, um, I'm with you. I experienced a form of it. My father was often um, dependent on the state for money as a retiree. So when those benefits got cut, I worked. I walked to Arby's in high school, and I would have to pay bills as a high schooler, and my parents separated my senior year of high school. So I'd often have to be responsible for my brothers. And there's a guilt that comes from parentification and oftentimes a codependency that lasts way through adulthood. I recognize that for folks in marginalized groups, it is often considered a privilege um, for your parents to not need your support. Um, You are essential. I want to say that you are not essential to the process. When you enable your parents or anyone, you rob them of the opportunity to grow and the opportunity to to be vulnerable, and to build other meaningful relationships. We all have needs, and no one person can be the sole provider of those needs. And I'm not saying abruptly abandon your parents. What I am saying is that you can immediately start placing boundaries and working on a plan that frees you and transitions them in love. 
Number six, forgive your parents. Believe that they did the best that they could with what they had. For those of us wounded by our parents, um, I believe that they themselves were wounded as children. And I think, um, I really believe in this Oscar Wilde quote. He says, children begin by loving their parents. After a time, they judge them. Rarely, if ever, do they forgive them. So we walk through the forgiveness process. In a prior episode, I think um, forgiving your, your parents is really a key to reparenting yourself. And remember, you can delay forgiveness if you need to establish your own boundaries. That might mean moving out. That might mean relocating or seeking safety in another healthy way. Number seven, give yourself the best you have access to and work for what you want. Being your own provider is a really good way to learn how to reparent yourself. And some folks aren't going to like this, but I think the idea that one gender should be the sole provider is really rooted in unhealed daddy issues. I think that if we learn how to provide for ourselves and learn how to share responsibility, we are better suited to find connection. As my homie Topher Pat would say, split them bills. Um, And so like for me, giving myself the best I have access to meant changing how I eat. Food is our family drug. And so I reparent myself by giving myself good food. I've learned how to swim. Um, All of those help you heal lack in your life. Number eight, learn to be alone. Knowing how to be solitary is essential to the art of loving. When we can be alone, we can be with others without using them as a means of escape. That's a quote by Bell Hooks. I think that there is a privilege in solitude. Many people live with toxic people because they can't afford not to. And I think regardless of your situation, if you can find solitude in your room, in your car, listening to your headphones while you go to and from work, use that time wisely and get to know yourself. Number nine, ask for what you need. And calling in the one, Thomas writes, many of us have given up a healthy sense of entitlement. I frequently counsel women who are afraid to insist that they be treated well, tolerating all sorts of dismissive and disrespectful behavior because they don't want to appear demanding. She goes on to say that loving relationships must include the ability to be vulnerable enough to depend on someone else. I think that when we ask for what we need, um, we really nip neediness in the bud. And so when we're needy, we're often trying to get from others what was denied us in the past. And so many people show up to relationships needy, needing, needing someone to validate them or needing someone to soothe them. And so ask for what you need and give people the opportunity to say no and demand that you be treated well. Number 10, write wish lists. One amazing tool my parents gave me growing up was permission to write wish list. I would get like the big old Toys R Us catalog and write down everything I wanted, the page number, the color. And even though we couldn't afford it, I had the opportunity to at least identify what I wanted. And my homie Kalundra actually says that this act um, assists us in developing taste as children and understanding what we like. Um, And if anybody wants to buy what's on my ASOS wish list, let me know and I will send you the link. But Write lists, write down what you want, even if you can't afford it. Number 11, give up your parents' projections and expectations. Don Miguel Ruiz writes that every man dreams his own dream. 
Be sure to dream yours and not your parents' dream. Um, The brilliant genie in Aladdin, he says um, to Aladdin, our greatest challenge isn't speaking up against our enemies, but defying those whose approval we seek the most. And I know that this is especially difficult when we have a parent who we really want to impress. And so I would offer that you should impress yourself first um, because that's who you have to live with every day. Number 12, give yourself permission to experiment. I dyed my hair purple. Um, I dated people outside of my normal type. I learned how to swim. I got tattoos. I stopped celebrating Christmas, and that was a really big deal for my family. I wanted to investigate why I was celebrating it, why I was feeling pressure to give people gifts on that specific date and spend money that I really didn't have. Society has normalized going into debt or prioritizing Christmas. And I've started celebrating Kwanzaa, which has principles that more align with um, what I would want to center a celebration around. And I started gaining an understanding of like poly lifestyles and non-monogamy. Ultimately, I have decided that I only date single people, but now I have the tools to decide for myself. So give yourself permission to experiment and try new things. 13, give yourself permission to feel your full range of emotions. We went over that in emotional safety and again in emotional intelligence and awareness. Um, Boys get to feel anger. They get to feel really excited in sports events Um, and girls get to feel sad and joy. And I want us to widen our range of emotional experiences. Number 14, give yourself permission to fail. We talked about taking an L in the last episode um, and dealing with rejection. So accept yourselves. Number 15, give yourself permission to set boundaries. Um, I recently told my mother um, who doesn't like dreadlocks or doesn't like my dreadlocks just not to talk to me about my hair. Cut and clear. Love you, mean it, but that's not a topic of conversation we're going to have. And we can move forward respecting that boundary in love. It is not necessary for us to engage. Number 16, give yourself permission to learn from your mistakes and not punish yourself. Humans, I think, um, and the five levels of attachment, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. talks about humans being really good punishers and how good we have become at punishing ourselves when we make mistakes. Give that up. Give yourself some grace. Give yourself a break. Forgive yourself and move on. And even if you have a parent, um, I think that even if you are a parent, you still can do this work. Um, I almost think you have to. And Carl Jung writes, nothing has a stronger influence psychologically on their children than the unlived life of the parents. So take these steps, experiment, learn yourself, spend some time in solitude. I think healing your inner child is a superpower. And I applaud anyone who takes this work seriously and really does the work to become an empowered adult. And so I recognize that this episode has a lot of layers. If you have any questions, please DM me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Ashley um, Hayes' Higher Learning, or Ashley Hayes, either way. If you dig what I'm doing, let, actually, you know what? I'm going to back up. I'm going to set a boundary. Don't send me Hayes' Higher Learning questions to Ashley Hayes. Send them to the Hayes' Higher Learning social media. If you dig what I'm doing, let me know through your support. By supporting Hayes' Higher Learning, you make it so that I can keep dedicating time to this work and practice social justice by giving people the tools and resources they need. You can learn more about support options at www.ashleyhayes.com slash Hayes' Higher Learning. Thank you so much for tuning into Higher Learning, where together we are learning better, doing better, and being better. Your song of the week is Dram Sing Special by Dram and Chance the Rapper. Y'all have a wonderful 
week.